0: Hey, guys, Micah Chen here from Cascadia Preps. Looking for the best coverage of high school football? Cascadia Preps is your number one stop for all things high school football, team rankings, game analysis, and weekly podcasts from around the state. Visit us today at CascadiaPreps.com. 5, 4, 3, 2, 1.
1: Greetings and welcome into Huffman and Spencer for December 14th, 2022. I'm Ryland Spencer of Cascadia Preps, along with me, as always, Brandon Huffman of the Avery Huffman DIPG Foundation and 24-7 Sports. Brandon, how we doing?
0: Ryland, I think as we'll discuss on this show, we are doing fantastic.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. There's a little bit of an announcement that came out yesterday, and we'll get into that. We'll get into that and why... You had a little bit of a reason to celebrate these last 24 hours. Um, as a matter of fact, let's see. When did the actual tweet come out? 8.16 a.m. yesterday. Um, I saw an email. I believe it was the night before. And as soon as I read it, I said to myself, Brandon Huffman is going to be one happy dude. Um, we got a lot of stuff to talk about here this week. We've got uh, Mike Leach's passing. We'll, we'll talk about him just briefly. Um we got. I got a, an interesting question for you, Brandon, about the NIL and and about official visits for uh, for student athletes. Um, that I think is is kind of an interesting uh, dynamic that maybe I don't know how much it's being talked about, but I think it's something that is probably happening, and uh, I want to get your opinion on it. Uh, the stars process. We've been talking about it on Twitter the last few days with some people. Um, I just want to put it out there and just kind of let you let people know how the Stars process works. Uh, Leo is, uh flipped his commitment. We'll talk about that. And then a uh, Boise State just announced a little bit ago a new offensive coordinator. So we will talk about that and maybe what the effect it could have on some recruitment, but before we get in too far, Brandon, I want to talk about, uh, the Avery Huffman DIPG foundation, Avery dot and Avery strong DIPG on all social medias. Uh, the retro gear drive it's over. So Brandon, first off successful, what are we talking about there? And then what's next for the uh, foundation?
0: Very successful. We raised almost a thousand dollars when you add in all that we had raised and sold, um, Phenomenal. We got great gear coming. We actually ordered extra. So if you didn't buy your gear during the drive, you can get you can order it from us once we get it. We set it up in our store, uh, but that was big. And then now we're doing our year-end giving till the end of December uh, for tax purposes. If you want to get tax credit for 2022, then we know a great website to give your donation to avishjohndipg.org. There is a the donate button. Uh, we announced a couple of weeks ago the two most recent major projects that we funded. Um, We are getting close, right? I think Amanda was doing the accounting that we are in 2023. I anticipate that we will finally go over the $1 million mark in funds raised since we started the foundation in 2016. We have funded a number of projects over the last six years, and we're really eager and excited to hit that $1 million mark, especially considering we did it during a a worldwide pandemic.
1: Yeah, I mean, you're talking about that's what six years, basically seven years. Yeah, you know, I mean, that's it's pretty crazy when you think about it because basically for two years, there was not a whole lot going on. I mean, yeah. for the better part of two years, there was almost nothing going on. Um, I mean, that's pretty remarkable. Like, that is a unbelievably huge accomplishment. And if I hadn't gotten rid of the um, the clapping sounds on my uh, on my little board here. I would play it right now because that is absolutely incredible. I mean, that's that's nothing to uh, what's the the term like shake a stick at or something. I don't even know what yeah. that means, but um, I mean that's that's an incredible accomplishment. And yeah, I mean everything's going to continue on. I mean nothing is it doesn't it doesn't ever slow down. I mean it just it simply doesn't because fact of the matter is DIPG is not slowing down, right? So right. you know you, you keep giving, keep doing everything you can, and uh, so you know head over to AveryStrongDIPG.org uh, or Follow them on social media and find your way there. Uh, Avery Strong, DIPG on all social medias. Um, yeah, Brandon, Mike, Mike Leach passed away. Uh, you know, Texas Tech, Washington State, Mississippi State. Um, young, too. Like, way, way, way too young. I mean, I was thinking about it the other day. He's younger than my dad, you know, and um, that's always pretty scary when you <laughs> have an opportunity to say something like that. But, Uh, obviously there have been an absolute, just ton of stories coming out of, you know, some of them are funny. Some of them are heartwarming. Um, I saw somebody tweet about the idea that, um, you know, Mike Leach once told a kid that he should stop playing football and become a coach and that (laughs) kid walked out and he was pissed and, uh, you know, just angry. And then he came back the next day and decided to take the job and, uh, it turned out to be Lincoln Riley. And I, I mean, I think of stuff like that and it's like what Mike Leach gave to the game is going to continue on for so long because a guy like Lincoln Riley, I'm sure is probably doing similar things that Mike Leach did for him, you know, and it's stuff like that that is, you know, his impact, even though he's, <laughs> he's a goofy dude. He is a weird, I've, I've met him one time. I walked away thinking to myself, that is one weird dude. But I also walked away thinking to myself, "That's a good human because he spent time talking to me when he didn't need to, you know." Um, and at the same time, it was it was just one of those things where, when I left, I I wanted to know more, you know. I wanted to come back. And the thing that was weird, I met him at Wazoo. I was I was at Wazoo and. Um, it was weird because it was like he was recruiting me without actually recruiting me. You know what I mean? Like I, I actually left there almost being a a, a Coop fan. It, it was it was crazy. Um, Brandon, I'm sure that you've had at least an interaction or two with him. Um, you know, is, is the do you, one? Do you have any stories? Um, you know, and I'm sure that there are some stories of, from people that you know um, about Mike Leach as well.
0: You know, a a close friend of mine who lives in Southern California is actually a Texas Tech grad. And I think he literally is the only Texas Tech grad that I know outside of being in this space. And I will never forget when Mike Leach was fired back in 2009 for the whole Craig James thing. And they already hated SMU. Most people in Texas i found do not like SMU. SMU is kind of the the douchey rich person school uh, in Dallas. And so the whole Craig James bringing down uh, <clears throat> Mike Leach was one of those things. So I had never heard the whole Craig James killed five hookers story until my buddy shared that with me. And it's now culturally iconic uh, of Mike Leach, but it was all because my Texas tech buddy said, Craig James is one of the worst human beings out there. Mike Leach is an absolute, just splendid individual. And you saw that over the next few years, you know, for two years, I would listen to a show with Jack Aroot. And thought this guy was awesome. And I remember how excited I was that he came to the Pac-12. And, you know, he was so much fun. Uh, But, you know, my first interaction with him ever was about two weeks after he was fired at Texas Tech. And this is a kind of a funny background. So if you're a fan of the Seattle Seahawks, you might know the name Dave Canales. He is uh, an assistant football coach with the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, Been there for a long time. Was... At the time, we were, we were down in Orlando at the Coaches Convention at the NASCAR Experience in Universal City, uh, at CityWalk, And a buddy of mine who worked for Steve Clarkson had tickets to this Under Armour event at the NASCAR Experience. So we show up, and there was this band called Sister Hazel that was pop- popular in the 90s. They played, like, one song. I think they played that song about 10 times. Snoop was there. But there's Mike Leach with his croquis and his sunglasses around his neck. It's, like, 11 o'clock at night but he still has his sunglasses wrapped around his neck and a Coors Light in his hand. And everybody at the bar is just standing around him and he's just telling stories. And somebody brings up Craig James and he's like, well, that's that guy. Like that guy's a POS. (laughs) And like, here he is two weeks after he got fired, knows that there's going to be a lawsuit and he's just going out with Craig James. But what I thought was so funny, you have Snoop Dogg there, you have this band and everybody's gathered around Mike Leach and he's just telling stories. Nobody's asking him questions. It's more just him telling a story. And he's like the master of the, why take five minutes to tell a story when 45 minutes will do. And you're just entranced the whole time. And I just thought it was so cool because here he is, he's been, a, a you know, this is really before t- social media exploded, but here he is two weeks after he's been fired. And you can tell that people are like, this guy's awesome. I want to be around this guy. So I remember how cool it was when he got hired at Washington State that the Pac-12 would get him. And then it reminded me of a couple of years later, and I think you were at this game, Ryland. It was at Lincoln Bowl um, in what was the final high school football game for Miles Gaskin, one of the best players yeah. the state's ever produced, and he was there to watch Justice Warren and. Justice Warren at that time, I think only had one power five offer and it was Washington state. And it was freezing that night. And Leach has a turtleneck on, he's got his jacket and everybody wants to come take a picture with him. And he's just smiling like the whole time. And he was just so engaging. Coaches would come up to him. Players would come up to him even though they really weren't supposed to talk to him. Fans were walking down on the field from Lincoln Bowl and he was just so amenable to everybody. And I'm sure all the guy wanted to do was watch this football game. I want to say Joe Salavea might've been with him too, because they were recruiting Justice War at the time. Um, But, you know, you go to a lot of games and and when the college coaches are there, a lot of times they're very standoffish. They don't want to be bothered. They want to work. But he, the way he was like everybody who wanted to take it. And he had this is what I always loved about Mike Leach is he had the goofiest looking smile, that you couldn't tell if he was being sarcastic or if that's just how he smiled. Then you look at all these pictures of him over the years, and that's just how he smiled. It was just (laughs) this total cheeseball smile. But I remember all he wanted to do, especially during pregame, you know, you want to go over and watch how the guy's working out, doing all that, but Mike Leach never even got to turn around because everybody wanted to take pictures with him. And I always thought that that was pretty impressive, that a guy just wants to do his job, and yet he's not – necessarily like opposed to the fact that hey, you know what? I'm just like one of you guys. So why do I think I'm better? I I, I don't know if you saw the Jeremy Shap interview with him a couple of years ago and they asked him what does he want his obituary to read? He's like, what do I care? I'm dead. <laughs> yeah, that's, and that's so I weird. almost feel like that's Mike Leach in a nutshell. It is.
1: It is and it's so funny because it's so true too. You know, like like why why do you why would you care? Why would you care what your obituary says? You know, I remember <laughs> I remember in high school, one of my one of my teachers, um he used to do this thing where it was like on Fridays, if there was an extra, you know, 5 or 10 minutes left and we were kind of done with everything, he would allow us to just ask questions. And we would ask anything. I mean, we could literally ask anything. Like I remember one time he went on a kind of a long rant about why at the younger ages you shouldn't, you know, drink alcohol and smoke marijuana or anything. You should do anything that kills brain cells because those brain cells are going to become millions more. Whereas yeah. as an adult, you kill five, they're probably not becoming anything more than five, you know? And it was like, wow, you know, like kind of opened your eyes to some things. And I remember one time though, somebody asked, like, Hey, what do you think the world's going to look like in 500 years? And he goes, "I don't care. I'll be dead in 15." <laughs> <laughs> I remember thinking to myself, like, "Wow, that's actually a heck of a way to look at it." Like, wow, um, I, you know, some of the videos that have come out of Mike Leach, and um, you know, the I always the the classic one is always the you know the the candy corn. First off, I'm a fan oh, of candy yeah. corn. Anybody doesn't want to eat it, that's fine. I'll I'll eat it. Like, I love candy corn. The Thanksgiving one was pretty funny when he called. Um, Cranberry sauce, basically Thanksgiving ketchup. Um, <laughs> but then the video that came out and I, I sent it to you and I said, how have I never seen this video? And it was from this year, I believe where he's on the sideline and he's just tipping over chairs and it's just one after another because he's so mad because I guess they gave up like a three touchdown lead or something. And he's just picking up these chairs and just dropping them and just like tipping them over. It's, it's just so funny. Cause I think about all the times. When I've been watching sports or been like really invested in something, you know, I think back to 2013 when Boston gave up two goals at the end of a game and lost and Chicago ended up winning the Stanley cup and I literally got up and I walked out of the house and I just walked, I I walked away and I just walked and I was gone for like, I don't even know an hour and then I came back and when I walked in the person that I was with said, where did you go? And I said, it was either destroy something here in the house or leave. (laughs) And I decided I didn't want to have to clean something up. And they were like, well, thank you. (laughs) like Thank you for doing that. And I was like, I I just, I couldn't do it. And so when I see Mike Leach tipping over those chairs, that's (laughs) his way of being like, Hey, I'm really mad about something. And there's not a whole lot I can do about it at the moment. So I'm just going to go tip over these chairs. The funniest thing is, as he's knocking these chairs over, there's, like, a student assistant, like, 10 feet to his right, and they're over there picking him up.
0: <laughs> that, I mean, that that was, like, one of the funniest things I've seen because – I mean, and the reality is, too, like, did you see the tweet last week from the guy who went into the portal? And he has, you know, kind of your typical, like, oh, you know, all that being said because Coach Leach thinks that I'm not good enough to play here – and I'm not tough enough. Yeah. You know, I'm leaving. And you know, you, you look back and you're like, I wonder how that guy feels, you know, and, and I get it, he's upset, he's frustrated with having to go on the pro the yeah. portal. Um, here he goes. He's like, uh, he writes this whole thing, and says, and, and since I am not, or with that being said, since I am not very tough, and Leech is glad I'm leaving. I'll be entering my name into the transfer portal with hope with uh, hopes of finding a more fit playing environment for me. So he may feel bad about saying it to the point where I just clicked on the tweet and it's no longer existing. Um, But that's kind of what I liked about Leach is that he was blunt. You know, he was honest. Now I know on on this same podcast last week, I said people need to stop being douches to kids when they decommit or when they leave, because a lot of times it's not their choice, but I never – Leach was never the guy that he hid who he was. That was what I think made him so uh, – Riley, with, with the exception of maybe Kobe Bryant in the last couple of years, can you remember a prominent person in sports who passed away unexpectedly that received the outpouring of love and support like Mike Leach just did?
1: No, and and honestly, it surprised me a little bit how positive everything was when you consider how negative social media is, mm-hmm. you know, like I, I expected there to be a lot of people that had good things to say, but I looked around and I read a lot of stuff and I didn't really see anybody, even like troll accounts. No, I didn't see them jumping up, saying anything. And, and honestly, it was a little bit of a shock, you know, because you know, I'm not going to say Mike Leach has a bad name to him, but you know how sometimes even if you're right about something down the line, just having some initial bad pub can just linger forever. 100%.
0: You know, the other thing to, to remember too is that, like, Mike Leach was pretty outspoken about his political beliefs on a lot of things. Yes. And And that right there, I, I remember reading, you know, 12 10 12 years ago matt hasselbeck supported one of the presidents running it wasn't trump it was before that and a seattle seahawks fan writing a letter to the editor back when i used to read the newspaper uh the hard copy of the paper they were canceling their season tickets for because mike matt hasselbeck supported a president that they didn't you know and we're in a we've never been in a more politicized polarizing era than now and yet He was always pretty outspoken about his political views.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, it's very well known that he's pretty good friends with Donald Trump.
0: There's a former colleague of ours who no longer works at the same website I did who wrote a very just horrible piece, like a hit piece in my opinion, because of the political angle. And you know, I always thought, like, dude, just let the guy be a football coach. You know, why do why do we have to conform to everybody? And you know, I'm apolitical and most things, so I'm not making this political. But I'm just saying that, like, for as polarizing it is in the political area, and for a guy who never hid his feelings politically, I that's what that goes like with what you're saying. That I was shocked that there wasn't more negativity because I think people realize, like, he was who he was. What you see is what you got. He wasn't different. Behind closed doors. And, you know, you you look at, for a perfect example, you know, the same day he passes away, a former Texas Tech basketball coach who's now at Texas gets arrested for, you know, choking his fiance. And, you know, Mike Leach left and he's suing the school. And, I mean, you see, like, hey, behind closed doors, there's some people that, that they're this way and then there's other people that are this way. And I thought Leach was who he was when he was and that's what made him so revered at the end of the day
1: yeah i remember remember it was what was it like a couple of years ago or something when um uh mike gundy wore an oan shirt or whatever it is one of the like very conservative oh, yeah. political like mike, things yeah
0: mike gundy wore the, yeah oh, and, and i, I that. remember
1: people were like flipping out about it and i just remember thinking to myself like dude i don't care what you think politically like I, I do not care what somebody thinks politically. like what what does it matter what their political beliefs are? Like are they a good person? Can they coach football? Do they win games? Great. Like then what do I care? you know like and so that's the I, I was a little bit surprised on that too because leach may he made no bones about things, you know about about what his political beliefs were. and that's I was honestly surprised to not see more, more negativity towards him. Like, and I think that just speaks to who he actually was. You know, I, I, I truly do. I like, I, I don't think there's anything else that could be said about it. I mean, it's, it's just, it's crazy how, how much positive there was out of that.
0: Well, and, and go back to Kobe just real quick. I mean, remember yeah. when Kobe, you know, he had his skeletons from the yeah. mid 2000s when he was at the Lakers. And yet people kind of overlooked. And there are people that, immediately pivoted to that like oh remember that this and they got shouted down um but you just there were of course people that and to their credit i mean hey they didn't stand down in the face of a very a time where it was supposed to be a mourning. um but i i think when you look back at it like there just wasn't any negative stuff about him and like you said in social media and in this day and age that is like the biggest stuff upset of them all
1: well, you know what the, the biggest negative about him is? Is that he was weird. Yeah. And and you know what? That's not a negative about him. That is a massive positive because he wasn't like everybody else. He he didn't he didn't go by the book, he went by his book. You know, and that's what I loved about him. I mean, just all the random things. I mean, if you go on to um onto YouTube and type in Mike Leach walking to work or something like that, and you watch some of the videos. Um, I mean, there's there's one where, I can't remember the girl's name. Um, he's walking to, she's from the Pac-12 Network. Um, tall blonde lady. Oh, or, uh,
0: not Ashley Adamson. Yes, Savage.
1: No, I'm pretty sure that's who it is. Uh, what was her name? Ashley. Ashley Adamson. Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's who it is. And and they're walking to work. You know, they're they're wa- and they go through like a oh, no, a cemetery. It was
0: Chant- it was Chantel Jennings, who was from the Athletic.
1: Oh, is that who? I yeah, I can't yeah. remember, but I just remember like he walks to work, and. Here he is, like walking through a field, and she's like, "Oh, do you know the guy? That, you know, like, do you know whose property this is?" He's like, "Yeah, he, yeah, he's a nice guy, like you know." And he's they they walk through town, and you know, people in Pullman obviously they recognize him. And they yell, "Go Cougs!" from a distance, and he'd turn around, and look, "Hey, yeah, yeah, Go Cougs!" You know, and he goes into his uh, little coffee shop and he orders himself a coffee. The <laughs> it's funny too because it starts off with with her coming up and to to his front door and uh, he hands her a coffee and he's got one in his hand and, and she's like oh did you just uh, you know like, did you just make this and, and he's like yeah yeah just whipped it up like <laughs> just now and it was
0: like <laughs> it's just so random and just so funny yeah, it, that was the one with Ashley Adamson and that's what inspired the other girl to do the story with him because she thought it was fascinating and like yes. th- there were stories of him doing his like walking through campus and then seeing somebody doing a photo shoot and I saw some of the pictures of it and he, he would like photo photobomb yeah. and then the coach, then people would be like, "Hey, you know, coach, can we get a picture?" And he's like, "You know, to the point where it's like, no, you can't get a picture. I want a whole photo shoot with her or with him, <laughs> yeah. like they're getting." Yeah. And somebody would be doing their senior pictures with their hat on, their gown, and all of a sudden they'd have like twelve photos with Mike Leach.
1: Yeah, it's funny. It was funny too. On one of the videos, I don't remember which one it is. On one of them, he, <laughs> uh, the, the person walking with him asks like. You know, do you take the same route every day? And he's like, nah, nah, you know, I go, I go different routes sometimes. And, um, you know, I, I don't always walk through downtown because you start talking to everybody, then you don't get into work until really late, you know? And there was, there was one too, where this, this girl walks up and she clearly doesn't know who Mike Leach is, but she walks up and she goes, she's asking for directions. And he's like, he's like, um, you know, I think it's over. And then he basically like admits that he doesn't know what he's talking about. (laughs) And and he's like, yeah, I'm the worst guy for directions, even in Pullman. Like, you know, it's just so funny. And, you know, it's, it's unfortunate obviously for, for, you know, many reasons. You know what I mean? The, the, the football world is, is not a, a better place with, with Mike Leach not in it. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's very sad when, when I heard, when you start seeing tweets from reputable people that say he's going to need a miracle, that's a bad thing. Like yeah. that's, that's a really, really bad thing. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it was definitely, uh, I'll say this. I, I, I enjoyed everything about watching Mike Leach. I enjoyed his teams, even though he ran vertical sets and, uh, I hate vertical sets in the passing game, but, um, there was actually a funny thing that I heard him say one time, He he talks about, you know, you have the width of the field and thirty yards downfield to play with on every single play. So why not attack all the way downfield? And somebody asked him like, "Why thirty yards?" And he says, "Well, that's about as long as you can pass protect." (laughs) And I was like, "Well, yeah, because you're running (laughs) vertical sets."
0: As long as your arm can throw.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's some of his quarterbacks that was true. Um, But yeah, so obviously uh, thoughts and prayers are with you know Coach Leach's family and. yeah, in, I mean his friends and everybody. I mean it's it's uh it's a tough time, but uh yeah, I mean Did you I, ever
0: read Swing Your Sword?
1: No, I and and you know, I, I look of course in, in like typical, you know, internet fashion. I looked online really quickly last night and the price of them had gone through the roof. Yeah. Um and I was like, well
0: I still have my copy of it and I think I'm gonna read that again on one of these next few trips that I'm taking, but If you haven't read it, read it. The opening chapter about him and his dog, Pepe, might be the greatest opening paragraph, opening chapter in literary history. And (laughs) in fact, somebody tweeted it yesterday. And I just, I can't do it any justice if I don't share the Pepe thing. So here's what it is. So to give a context, he's got this dog that, you know, wouldn't leave him alone. And he so he says, I went to the refrigerator and I found some meat scraps. I went back outside looking for Pepe. Here, Pepe, good dog, Pepe. I called him in as calm and friendly a voice as I could. Come here, Pepe. And sure enough, eventually he came over towards my hand and began eating the meat scraps. Then I grabbed Pepe's collar with my other hand and dragged him over to a vacant lot next door where no one could see me. Now, again, going back, <laughs> he, was, he was talking about marking your territory. Yeah. And, Pepe ruined everything for him, so he's baiting him. So he goes back to say, holding Pepe's collar with one hand, I unzip my pants with the other hand. Still running through my head was this business of marking your territory. I proceeded to pee all over his head and face. I I, I aimed for eyeballs, nostrils, and mouth, any orifice I could find. I wanted a soak. I drenched his whole face. Pepe struggled frantically until he broke free and ran off. And I just I just think of this young Mike Leach, like just he, he's that's him in a nutshell. Like I'm gonna get that little pepe
1: I'm I'm gonna show that dog who's boss.
0: Oh my oh, goodness. So <laughs>
1: yeah, well, now I officially have to read that. Um <laughs> Yeah. Um Brandon, we don't have a lot of time, but we have a lot of things we need to talk about. So let's Let's do this really quickly. Let's knock one of these off the uh, off the list here. Leo Pula decommitted from BYU on December 8th. Uh this Monday, a couple of days ago, he announced he has committed to Washington State. First off, um running back linebacker, do you know which side of the ball uh are they looking at him for either side? You know, do they really care? Um and what kind of player are the Cougs getting?
0: They are getting, you know, probably Cascadia Prep's favorite all-around football player in the 2023 class, no? Um one of them well, for sure. We have spoken highly of numerous times because we're big fans. Uh, he's going to play running back. Mark Ottawa, uh, the running backs coach for Washington State, ran point on him. And they brought up bringing him in that big power back role. And, I mean, I just love that fit. I mean, Washington State and Oregon State both offered him within like a day of each other. And he just seemed to fit both those schools. Just that workmanlike blue-collar guy. And I think that's a hell of a pickup. For Washington State between and you know, they got another player very similar to him from this same class in state and Trey Lechner. Two really good all-around football players.
1: Yeah, just really, really good athletes and and good kids too. So uh I mean you have to like what the Cougs are doing. They're they're picking up some guys in state that on I mean, I'll say it this way during Leach's time, they didn't pick up a ton of guys like that um in state, but um, let's see here. Bush Hamden has been announced as the offensive coordinator at Boise State. Uh, Jabari Johnson from Lincoln was, uh, or I guess is committed to Missouri. One of the reasons he was kind of going there was his relationship with Hamden. Um, Brandon, I mean, first off, do you, do you think there's uh you know, anything potentially going on and uh, it, in terms of trying to flip Jabari. And at the same time, we've only got what a week until signing day, right?
0: Things can change, but here's how I kind of process this thing. So, we see quarterback dominoes happen all the time. Sam Levitt out of Westland, Oregon, is committed to Washington State. Michigan State offered him last week. Washington offered him this week. Both are trying to push him to decommit from Washington State. Eric Morris was the offense coordinator of at Washington State up until yesterday when he took the head coaching job at North Texas. Ryan Grubb just signed an extension at Washington. Jay Johnson has been at Michigan State for the last three years. So Sam Levitt could potentially pivot – to Michigan State, could pivot to Washington. If that were the case, then I wouldn't be surprised if Washington State went after C.J. Tiller, who I know they were keeping a close eye on. C.J. Tiller right now is committed to Boise State. He committed at the time to Tim Plow, who is now committed actually to – who's now the tight ends coach at Cal. So C.J. Tiller could end up at Washington State or he could follow Plow to Cal. Boise State, Jabari's better than, than, he's rated higher than both those guys. But with Bush handed going back to his alma mater, you could see a scenario where that could be, he's Bush's guy. Bush recruited him out of Tacoma uh, to Missouri. You could see Bari end up at Boise State potentially with him. I mean, this is going to be fascinating because all these things are, are, are so fluid. It wouldn't shock me at all if Bari ended up at Boise State when it's all said and done with his guy, Bush handed.
1: Now, remind me, the signing period opens next Wednesday, and it goes Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, correct?
0: Correct, yes.
1: So do you think it's potentially something that could go beyond next Friday and maybe he ends up signing in February?
0: No, I think being a quarterback, he wants to get this decision done and get it out of the way. And, you know, it wouldn't be a surprise. He's already taken his official visit to Missouri. We're at Wednesday right now. who wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility, especially since Bush wasn't just rumored to be the OC. He's been officially announced by the school. So it wouldn't surprise me if, you know, he decides, hey, I'm going to go out and take a look at Boise State when Bush is there. You know, I, I reached out to Dabari just to see what was going on a little bit earlier. I haven't heard back because I think he's in hoops right now, but that's certainly one to keep an eye on.
1: Um, let's see here. Stars process, Brandon, it is changing. Uh, mm-hmm. it was announced uh yesterday morning that uh, 24/ 7 sports is changing kind of kind of the landscape of of what the network looks like but it's got uh it's it's got all the same names let's say that how about uh, I think that's maybe the best way to, to go about it Steve Wiltfong uh is is leading the recruiting side now um Brandon you're not really gonna be doing a whole lot of evaluations or at least in the um how do I say it? In the network as, as that guy anymore, as much as going to be covering, essentially, recruiting. Um, I think that is a huge weight off of your shoulders, yes?
0: Uh, and to, to quote the great philosopher Farrell Williams when he once saying, I'm so happy, that is how I feel to now have the opportunity to focus strictly on recruiting. And and this isn't a, uh, you know, I want to make it clear now, there might be some people that disagree and think my rankings suck. And, you know, that's great. Thanks for checking them out and giving me the page view to look at those rankings and keep me employed. So joke's (laughs) on you. Uh, But... I think this is a great opportunity for those of us that we're having to do both. I mean, we are now in an era where we're covering transfer portal just as deeply as we are the recruiting process. We're covering more and more, you know, coaching hires. So evaluations, covering recruiting, the portal, all that was just pulling us in so many different directions. Now we have a staff of guys that literally their job is just to do evaluations and rankings. Where, as for you know, those of us that were on the recruiting team, we wanted to just cover recruiting, we that was a full time enough job as it was, and so now we have two very different divisions one's in charge of scouting, one's in charge of uh, recruiting coverage. And this is good for the network, this is good for you know players because they're going to get even more thoroughly vetted because guys aren't going to be being pulled two different ways. Uh, but it also means that you know. We've got guys that are really good at this. We have guys that have about 30 plus years of experience in college football front offices Uh, or recruiting offices. We have a former director of player personnel at two different Pac-12 schools. Another one who was a director of player personnel at another Pac-12 school, at a Big Ten school, won a national championship playing at Michigan. Uh, The year he signed was 1994. The next year, uh, two football players you might have heard of signed in that same class named Charles Woodson and Tom Brady. Uh, So, you know, he was, he's been around greatness as well. We've got a lot of guys that have a lot of experience doing the evaluations and that's all they're going to focus on, which allows guys like myself and Greg and Blair to still watch these guys. We'll be presenting these guys to them, but then they go through the much more thorough process of watching all the film, looking at all the data and, and doing all that so that we have the most powerful recruiting and rankings team in the, in the industry.
1: Yeah. And I think that's, I think that. it's awesome. Yeah. I mean, I think it truly is incredible. And, um, yeah, I mean the way that uh, you know the the fact that you know a, a big chunk of the work is going to be taken off of what it is you guys, you, basically you Blair and and uh, Greg. I mean, my goodness, there's no. I mean, the the western side of this of this country is is unbelievably unbe- um, lucky to have the three of you guys just going nuts uh, as far as recruiting goes. Um, one thing I forgot here. Matter of fact, we're almost done. Uh, so thank you, Scott Eklund, for staying almost the entire time. Uh, really quickly, Brandon, give me uh, – I want to talk about stars and, and how the stars work. Give it to me um, – how about this? Give me, like, maybe the the, the quick – this is what is, is kind of – like, here are some things to that people uh, – or here are some of the things that the guys are looking at. And then give me maybe, like, one or two myths of what people think is true
0: first of all the i'm going start with myths yeah go ahead okay first of all the biggest myth is i put up big stats i was named all league and i was all state therefore i deserve stars no okay myth secondly i really want to play college football this will help me get recruited no okay thirdly what i did this year shows that i'm a division one college football player and i deserve offers and stars no okay i ran for x amount of yards i led my state i deserve stars no okay so those are the myths. It's all projection based. It's all projectable upside, projectable traits more than it is about production. I, I shared on the show that my first year in this job, I sat in Pete Carroll's office at USC and the thing he said to me was, don't be a stat scout. And that meant don't look at the box score to see if a player is a good football player or a good recruit. You got to watch the film to see if he can play at the next level and beyond. So you're looking for body side, body size, frame, length, uh, flexibility, athleticism, lateral movements. Short area quickness, speed, um, you know, you're looking at what does the frame look like? What can it support? Can this guy run? Can he flip his hips? Can he come downhill, make tackles? You're looking for all of that stuff that the stats don't care. So you'll get guys that rush for 2,000 yards. And they're like, I can't believe I don't have stars. It's like, first of all, stop worrying about stars. Offers matter more than stars. Offers get you into college. Stars get you a cool little graphic. For your Twitter and your social media. But it's looking at projectable upside, using data that's been presented from the previous, you know, 20, 10, 20 NFL drafts at what players, you know, what the average size of these guys were in high school, and looking at projectable traits. So it's not just about who is a really good high school player, because there's a lot of really good high school players that aren't gonna play past high school because they just don't have that next level ability. There's a lot of guys that maybe didn't have tremendous careers as high school players but they projected to be really good in the nfl now i think a perfect example of that is who was the last first rounder from the state of washington
1: um kyler gordon
0: uh who's the last offensive first round draft pick from the state of washington <laughs> uh caleb mcgarry caleb mcgarry ryan what position did caleb mcgarry play on offense in high school
1: well, he tried to play tight end.
0: Yes. <laughs> what, what was Caleb, you know Caleb's problem with playing tight end was that whole catching the ball thing.
1: Yes. Well, okay. and I think, didn't he go to UW
0: as a defensive end? He went to UW as a defensive end and ended up an offensive tackle and a first-round draft pick, and he's probably going to sign a fat extension this offseason. Yep. But why was he recruited so heavily when he wasn't going to play tight end? Because in Caleb's mind, he was a tight end. When college coaches went through five high school and Kent Nevin brought them Caleb McGarry, every college coach's mouth dropped because they saw a future NFL tackle with his size. his leg. he was a good athlete. He just couldn't catch the ball. And now he's a first round tackle. Who's probably going to sign a major extension. And so you're projecting the guys five years down the line. You're projecting them past college and to the NFL. And so that's what these guys are. Their jobs are now going to be is finding more guys like that that you're projecting in four or five years using data of what guys that were drafted. From the 2016 NFL draft, Josh Garnett was a first-round draft pick. It was four more drafts until the next offensive lineman, not offensive tackle, offensive lineman, and I think it was Tristan Wirfs and Jedrick Wills went in that same draft. It was four years between them that a first-round offensive lineman weighed over 300 pounds. Josh Garnett, until the 2020 draft, was the last first-round draft pick on the offensive line who weighed over 300 pounds as a high schooler because the NFL was trending towards the longer, more athletic guys that have been in spread offenses, and they'll put the weight on them when they get to the NFL or guys yeah. that could still move. So that's another misconception. Like, oh, well, he was an all-state tackle. He's 6'6", 330. Yeah, we're calling him a guard. It's why Cody O'Connell, who was a great college player, didn't get drafted. You know, yeah. some of these guys just don't have – that translatable ability to play at the next level and beyond. And so this is a lot of it's professional evaluation and projection.
1: Yeah, and that's, I think, something that people miss is projection. Mm-hmm. It's it's about projection. It's not about what have you done. If it was, then there's a lot of kids in this state that would have had five stars because they put up unbelievable numbers. You know, and it, it, so come on. Like, I don't know. It's so frustrating when I see stuff – Why don't I have stars? And it's like, hey, guess what? You're not getting recruited not because you don't have stars. Mm -hmm. I I know college coaches. I have had college coaches tell me they've gone through max preps, and they've looked at numbers, and they've seen that. And those numbers might get you looked at really quickly. But if you haven't heard from some of these schools, it's because your film did not show them what they want to see.
0: Right. It showed you are a good high school player. Yes. But we're not max preps. We're not – you know, Gatorade. We're not those that just base it on stats. It's going to be more than that. And the other thing too, and again, that's where stats can be misleading. You've heard the phrase lies, damn lies and statistics stats can be misleading. There's, there's a big controversy going on in Southern California or in central California right now over what appears to be a high school that exaggerated the stats of a player whose dad happens to be the head coach And opposing teams are saying, dude, there's no way he threw for that many yards against us. But it set a section record. Then you have how many schools that never put stats even in the max preps. So even when you think, oh, I'm the second-leading rusher in the state or the fifth-leading passer in the state, even that might not be accurate.
1: Yes, and there's been many times when I've seen people say, oh, I'm this in the state, I'm that in the state, blah, 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 blah. And they screenshot max preps. And as soon as I see it, I know four or five, six guys that, that put up better numbers. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's like, I'm not going to be, I can only be so much of a jerk. You know what I mean? Like I, and, and, and I will, if I have to, but you know, sometimes I got to be a little careful with that. Um, Brandon, we have one other thing to talk about, but we need to get out of here. So let's do this. You're not going to be on next week. What about the week after?
0: Week after we can do it. I get back from Nashville before I head to San Antonio. We'll do a a December wrap up. And then you guys are going to get stuck with Scott Eklund twice in January. (laughs) Preferably Micah Chen at least one of those weeks, because I'll be at the All-American Bowl, and I'll be at the Polynesian Bowl that month.
1: Well, and so we'll just sit here and be jealous and freeze our butts off.
0: Um, You you know, people think that the Polynesian Bowl in January is this glamorous thing. Listen, Ryland, you spend nine days in the sun when you live in Washington. You might get sunburned. There's sand that gets everywhere. There's a lot of extra refreshment in the Mai Tais and refreshments you're drinking. There's like Pokey and plate lunches that you have to eat every day. There's a time change you have to deal with. Like oh, yeah. sometimes sunscreen gets in your eyes. It's it's horrible.
1: Just dude. uh just make sure you don't piss on any dogs while you're out there. Huh? No, How about no that?
0: pepes will be in danger.
1: <laughs> All right. So when when you come back, we'll we'll talk about the, uh, the the question that I have because I think it's something that we definitely need to talk about that is going on in college recruiting. Maybe people haven't even really thought about it yet. So uh, we'll talk about that. Uh, he's Brandon Huffman from the Avery Huffman DIPG Foundation, AveryStrongDIPG.org. AveryStrongDIPG on all social medias. He's also from 24-7 Sports. I'm Ryland Spencer from Cascadia Preps. What's that? Cascadiapreps.com. You've been listening to Huffman and Spencer on Cascadia Preps Radio. We will talk to you next week without Brandon Huffman.